Last week, we began a new series, So You're Dead, Now What? Living in the Light of the End. And uh, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, let's face it that uh, we really don't like uh, thinking about those same kinds of things, but the reality is that uh, we do. We do have a end date, a date where uh, life will be over and the next chapter of life will begin. So what do we do in the meanwhile? Um, how do we live? And, and I want to say that when you and I start to wrestle with this and it starts to change the way we interact with our world, it literally changes everything. It has a powerful change in our lives when we uh, live in the light of the end. And uh, it has a powerful change. It, it changes the way we look at things. It changes the way we live. And uh, it just gives us a whole new view of seeing life. Maybe something like this guy. Doesn't look like mud. Now, you may think that uh, we're over-promising, but the reality is that when you and I can live in the light of the end, when you and I live our lives under the sun, but have eyes for over the sun, it changes everything. It changes the way we look at life. It changes the way we interact with life. And Solomon, all through Ecclesiastes, will point to that idea. Really, he points, starts off pointing to the idea that life is just under the sun. And as you read through Ecclesiastes, some of you have come up to me and said, yeah, I've started to read through it. Uh, it it's really a downer of a book for the beginning. And towards the end. But the idea here is that 
Life is more than under the sun. And when you and I only look through the glasses or don't look through the glasses and just see under the sun and don't look above the sun, life uh, is mud eventually. Maybe not in the moment, but as life unfolds, it is murky. Things may captivate for a little while, but then they, in a sense, lose their shine. And that's why, basically, midpoint, Solomon writes this, death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. Again, that's a sad little expression there, but it isn't. If you go from just seeing in black and white, if you will, to seeing in color, to seeing in high definition, you see, it changes everything. Until you and I start to put on those glasses, uh, the first few words of Solomon can be our words. We experience life with that. That's the way it looks. Beginning in verse uh, 1 of chapter 1, we read, we read this last week, the words of the teacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. This is Solomon. Solomon who had every possibility, every option. And this is what he says in his twilight years. He says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, referring to himself. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And that's the difference of the kind of glasses you and I wear. Again, you may think, wow, that's, that's pretty much, that's over-promising. But I wouldn't be genuine with you if I didn't let you know that. That's why we're, we're looking at Ecclesiastes. He goes on and says these chilling, chilling words. He says, what do people gain from all their labors, all their efforts at which they toil under the sun? What do you get out of it? Some people have written books on this, and they, they title the book, uh, Is Life Worth Living? And Solomon will say, if you just see under the sun and not above the sun, it is meaningless. It is a vapor. It is a, as we talked about last week, it is a, a cloud that you, in a sense, lean into. And then when you put your weight on it, there's nothing there to support your life. Last week, we ended with this thought, to live well under the sun. We need to live well in light of the sun. It just, it's just not going to happen. And if you're a curious person, if you're, uh, you know, kind of have a skeptic, if you're trying to just kick the tires of faith and see if it has something for you, again, this may seem, wow, that, that's a pretty bold, pretty outrageous statement. But that's the statement of Ecclesiastes. The same one who wrote Song of Solomon and then wrote Proverbs, and now he writes this because he, he did not live well under the sun because he did not live in the light of what's over the sun. 
There's a great discussion whether uh, in Ecclesiastes this is Solomon kind of turning over a new leaf at the end of his life or if it isn't, and, and it can almost go either way. Is this him saying, yes, I needed to make a change, or no, this is just kind of where I was locked in. And so that applies to all of us. Those of us who have been Christ followers, it's amazing that sometimes we, in a sense, uh, have the glasses, we see in color, but for one, some reason, we, we take them off. And we start living just under the sun and not in light of over the sun. You know, there's good words. Jesus says these good words when uh, he's talking about life and talking about him coming into the world that kind of give us a hope when we're reading Ecclesiastes. He says this in John 10, 10. He says, I came so they can have real and eternal life, everlasting life, continuing on life. You can have a life that begins with God and the here and now and continues on into eternity and through eternity. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. And it hinges on whether we have our glasses on or not. Whether we're just living under the sun. We gave some examples of, of, of the smoke, of chasing the wind when it's just under the sun last week. You can go check on that later on. But when we put those glasses on, it changes everything. It can be in process of changing everything. Paul, the Apostle Paul, goes on to say this. Again, this, this in almost in a sense counters what Solomon is saying. He says, don't hold back. Throw yourself into the work of the master, making a difference, we might say. Confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. See, some of us in church world who have been around for a little while have gotten a little jaded, and we wonder if, if serving the master, if making a difference really is worth the effort. And Paul says, keep those glasses on. Don't just look under the sun. Look over the sun. And when you look over the sun, when you connect with the S-O-N sun, you find, as you keep those glasses on, more and more, you see the color. You see the fact that it isn't a waste of time. Watch this young man as he discovers the glasses that bring color to life. Got a bunch of colors in here, buddy. <laughs> Can, you see Can you see it? Check out the SBA signal. 
his baseball equipment. He never knows what color things are. You see the seams. <laughs> Life doesn't have to look like mud. That young boy, he doesn't know whether to cry or smile. It goes back and forth, back and forth. He can see. Parents say he can see his baseball equipment, which he couldn't differentiate the colors. Everything is changing for him. And what's amazing is he doesn't want to take those glasses off. See, for those of us who are Christ followers, we basically have a choice every day whether we keep the glasses on or we take them off. And it's interesting, you know, his gratitude. And I, I watch lots of these videos. You can go on and search them. And, and just, just, just the joy and gratitude and the thankfulness of when somebody who has not seen color can see color is, is just remarkable. And yet there's many of us in this room who have gone from, in a sense, seeing black and white to seeing color. And we've lost the joy, the satisfaction, the wow, I can see color. And we get into the habit of not putting the glasses back on. And so as we look through life, we look through life just under the sun, not under the sun and over the sun. Chapter 1 really starts us off with this idea of under the sun without the sun. Under the sun without the sun. It was interesting, you saw those, that mom come along, her young son, and crying tears of joy because her son could finally see colors. And for those of you who might have been dragged to church, for those of you who uh, are still trying to figure this out and there's somebody in your life that says, put on the glasses, put on the glasses, and you're still wrestling with what that means and all of that, or, or maybe you've back, backed off a little bit and you've taken your glasses off and there's someone in your life that's driving you nuts saying, put on the glasses. You see that joy that mom had for her son. That, that's what's driving that person in your life. It's not that they're trying to put you down. It's not trying like, they're not trying to meet, make you eat your vegetables at the end of the meal kind of a thing. They're saying, I can't wait till you can see color. I can't wait till you can see life beyond just under the sun. Because when you and I just see life under the sun, through that matrix, through that grid, we come back to Solomon's word, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. Everything's meaningless. Again, it's, a, it's an outrageous statement for me to say to you, if you don't have the glasses on, it's, it's meaningless. And you'll have those moments, and you may say, well, Dave, how can you say that? And it's not me saying it. it it's, it's Solomon saying it. So I'll blame him for saying it. But again, the desire, the hope, the dream behind it is that most of us in this room can live in a world where we see color, not just black and white, where we can see that it's just not under the sun, even when life is going fantastic and when life is going horribly. We still see under the sun, but it, our, our perspective, our view 
changes because we know over the sun. So if you haven't done this already, if you could uh, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 3, you'll find that on page 461 in that Bible around you. If you don't have your own copy of a Bible, uh, please feel free to take that Bible as a gift from Seneca Community Church. We'd love you to have a paper Bible. Also, if you want, you can uh, download a free app called Bible Version. There are a number of these, but we really like Bible Version uh, or uh, YouVersion, and you can have it right on your phone, right on your tablet, right on your your computer so you can have it with you wherever you go. So when you and I decide not to put on the glasses, when we just live under the sun, whether it's we understand over the sun to some extent or we just pretend that over the sun doesn't exist, but we live just under the sun without the glasses on, we find that there's that effort just, just doesn't deliver. We find that the effort of life, no matter how hard we work, and we saw it last week that there's this, there's this smoke in windows, if you will, when it comes to justice. We look at our world, and good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people, and it's just under the sun. And we find that if we just have an under-the-sun perspective our efforts don't deliver. They, they, fall, they fall flat. They, they're, they're heavy because we can't guarantee the outcome. Beginning in verse 3, what do people gain for all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Not just work labors, relationship labors, wherever you're investing your life. The question is, what do we gain? And, and you, you may be even feeling that right now. You may be saying, what am I getting from this? I'm investing in a relationship. I'm investing at work. I'm investing in all these kinds of things. I'm, uh, and, and what do I gain under the sun? He goes on to say, generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. Uh, it's, it's that we don't have, we, we don't um, really make a dent in this planet. Uh, have you ever been to a place and uh, you sit on the beach, you sit on a pile of rocks, and you realize that's the way it's been for thousands of years? Uh, you, you know, I can sit on it, I can, I can scrape on it, I can write, it's, it's going to be there thousand years from now. Things it just it just kind of remains. Uh, generations, uh, every generation looks at their world and says, "We're going to change it." And this isn't to discourage you. I think you need to go for it. You need to engage in your world. But eventually, it comes all the way around. There are issues that we've been watching in our news, and we thought that they kind of had come along the other side of it, and now it's right back. I remember uh, when I was growing up, uh, you know, the people that uh, would have been, my, you know, like my parents' age, you know, they were a little older than the hippie generation, and, and there was this moment where all these people were kind of doing this thing and doing their own thing and kind of you know, were uh, saying, you know, when it comes to materialism and achieving, you know, that's not for us, it's free love, just, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden, in the early 80s, those people were running companies. They had forgotten about that. 
And it had turned around. And then there was another generation that looks and goes, wow, that, and it just keeps going around and around and around. And when we're stuck with a perspective that just looks under the sun, there's a moment where we go, our effort doesn't change anything. And it's been going on like that for thousands and thousands of years. You know, we realize that we, in a sense, arrive naked from the womb and we leave in the same condition. And some of us have experienced that. We've, we've watched someone in our life who had energy and power and had even a commanding presence when they would enter a room and they were strong. They were born, obviously, a little baby and now they're getting to the end of their life and it's like they've gone right back to that place just goes over and over again. When there's no perspective of over the sun, we start to feel trapped under the sun. And uh, this whole, you know, the way we arrive and the way we go, is just, it, start, it starts, to, starts to play on our heart. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld has this to say about that. To me, the thing about birthday parties is that the first birthday party you have and the last birthday party you have are actually quite similar. You know, you just kind of sit there. You're the least excited person at the party. You don't even really realize that there is a party. You don't know what's going on. Both birthday parties, people kind of have to help you blow out the candles. You can't do it. You don't even know why you're doing it. What is this ritual? What is going on? So the only two birthday parties where other people have to gather your friends together for you. Sometimes they're not even your friends. They make the judgment. They bring them in, they sit them down, and they tell you, these are your friends. Tell them thank you for coming to my birthday party. If it wasn't so sad, it would be funny, would it be? But that's the truth. Generation after generation after generation. When we live just under the sun, it weighs us down. One of my most favorite places on the planet is Mount Washington. This is the little sign. Probably hiked up there 10 times, one time in the winter. And you get up to the top, and it's a big rock pile. And you get up there, and you sit up there, and every once in a while, I've been up there, I just, just start to think, this rock pile's been here forever. It's going to be here Somebody else is going to sit here. It is just, it's, it's not changing. It's, it's the same. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. And Solomon, with all the resources to do whatever he wanted, build whatever he wanted, do whatever he wanted, writes these words because he's just thinking under the sun. He started off with the glasses on, under the sun, over the sun. Song of Solomon, Proverbs. Somewhere along the way, he started taking off the glasses. And somewhere on the way, he stopped putting them on. And all of a sudden, he discovered that life was empty. It was meaningless because he just was looking under the sun. Also, there's this idea of a cul-de-sac that never ends. Sometimes you call those, or sometimes you're on the road, you have those rotaries, those things called a turnabout. 
Uh, my GPS, I have a British accent person, so they talk about the turnabout, you know, the roundabout and all these, you know, kind of things. But you get into one of those, and you just could go around and around and around and around. Uh, back in the day when we'd have youth group snow camp trips, and uh, there'd be like 10-car caravans, and we'd get to one of this, this one rotary that would always go, and I was always leading the way, and sometimes I would, just for fun, see how many times they would keep following me around. <laughs> and believe it or not, they would do it for a while, and then all of a sudden they go, wait a minute, we're going around, and then finally they'd keep going on their way, but I, I just wanted to see how many I could keep the cars just going around and around and around. But life is like that. It just keeps happening. The planet keeps going. Sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. When we don't have eyes for above the sun... We can find ourselves getting locked into this, and it just produces a meaningless feeling because it's going to go on and on and on and on. Our house is 148 years old. We're the fourth family to live in it. Sometimes I sit in the living room and just wonder what in the world the conversations were like in that room. What happened? What, what, what exciting things happened? What tragedies happened? What happened? And here I am, fourth family, Cindy and I, fourth owner, and in theory, if we take care of the house and the Lord does not return sooner than later, someone else will live in that house. Could be hundreds of years. You go to Europe and all the buildings are hundreds and hundreds of years old just keeps on going, keeps on going. Should write my name someplace in the woodwork. No. <laughs> Who did that? Just goes on and on. And when you and I are stuck with just looking under the sun and we take the glasses off or we've never put on, we can just feel life is meaningless. A consumption that doesn't satisfy Consumption that doesn't satisfy. All of us have experienced that. We, we consume something, and in the moment, it seems like life is sweet because we're consuming, we have this thing. But then it does lose its shine. It, it do, does not satisfy any longer. Again, Solomon had it all. He had every option at his fingertips, could have anything. He just, he just didn't live. He, he was the absolute power, if you will, in his, in his uh, world. He was the king. So not only was he just a great consumer, but anything he, he could get away with, he could do. And he found consumption doesn't satisfy him. You and I may not be consuming big, huge things, well, like, for example, yesterday, uh, we got a new coffee maker. And the old coffee maker died, and it was still under warranty, so we got a new coffee maker. And this new coffee maker can get plumbed into, like, your ice maker thing, so you don't have to fill it up with water anymore. And I just wanted to make coffee all day yesterday. 
I just want to make pot after pot after pot because I thought it was so cool. Just push brew, and you didn't have to put any water in it because I'm a little klutz in the morning, and I kind of get half the water on the countertop and half the water in the coffee maker. So now, you know, you just push the button, and it's just, you know, it's just so cool. By Wednesday, it won't be cool anymore. <laughs> It'll be expected. I'll go to my parents' house, and I go, what? This fellow quaint little thing got to pour water in the coffee maker. What's going on here? Consumption that doesn't satisfy. Solomon's not looking at coffee makers. He's looking at other things. He says, all the streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its full fill of hearing. You've never heard enough. You've never seen enough. It just, it just, it just, it, you just, it doesn't fill up. Consumption doesn't satisfy. That doesn't mean there aren't moments of joy where you get a new coffee machine. But if you're looking just under the sun, it, it does not satisfy. Those moments come and go quickly. It's like last week, it's a cloud we lean on, and once we start to put some weight on, we go right through it. See, this is big deal stuff. Not just under the sun, but above the sun. Going along with those ideas, newness that is old. Newness that is old. It's amazing. We, we are wired to like rhythm of life, yet we want new. And, and there's this conflict that newness that gets old. There are moments we get tired of four seasons, and then we realize, no, that, that's the rhythm. We should, we should enjoy this four seasons. We should enjoy uh, the repeating of those kinds of things. But when we look just under the sun and we don't think there's an over the sun, uh, we, we get bored with that. When we, when we see that uh, eternity's been put in our heart, there, there's, there's something to newness that, that is old. Solomon says, what will be will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Some of you might be thinking, like I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, what about technology? That's new. Look at all the new little things they have. This is so cool. What really Solomon's getting at is what we do with that. It doesn't matter how new and amazing this whatever item is, whether it's your coffee maker. In fact, you can make coffee in your house. The fact that you got water, eventually it gets old to us. Is there anything which one can say, look, there is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. But the ideas that originate, what we would say is new, are the same. No one remembers the former generations. And even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. If you start thinking about when do you not know the names of the previous generation? I don't know my great-grandfather's name on my mother's side or my father's side. I don't know their names. 
I know a little bit about the, my great-grandfather on my dad's side, really nothing about my great-grandmother or great-grandparents on my mother's side. It's gone. And someday that will, your children's children's children, uh, they, they, won't, they won't know about your struggles. They won't know about that thing you stepped in and, and really did something amazing that kind of saved the family or whatever. They, 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 won't, they won't know. Uh, won't be remembered. Uh, and if it's just under the sun, boy, that takes the air out of your tires, out of your life. Like what this gentleman says, he says, it may not be automatic necessary that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never gotten tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. Isn't that interesting? The joy of seeing things continue on. And the father takes joy in that daisy. That's the same daisy that comes up every stinking year. Say stinking year. And see, we've grown old. Older than the the awe and the wonder. Um, Also, this idea of having it all has nothing. Verses 12 through 15. I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. He has it all, but it's nothing. You ever ever thought about, I've been wrestling with this, what is crooked cannot be straightened. See that on my own life. My, my heart only goes so far. Yeah, it's changing, it's growing, but there still is a crookedness to my, my thinking. I see that in some of your lives. <laughs> Situations just keep coming. People don't change. There's a crookedness that can't be straightened. And if I just looked under the sun, if I just looked under the sun, it would be pretty meaningless. But there's more. He goes on about collecting wisdom. Talks about all the wisdom. He said to myself, I know more and I'm wiser than anyone before me in Jerusalem. And that was absolutely true. Kings would come visit Solomon just to sit under his feet. I've stockpiled wisdom and knowledge. What I finally concluded is that so-called wisdom and knowledge are mindless and witless, nothing but spitting into the wind. Much learning earns you much trouble. The more you know, the more you hurt. Ooh. Wasn't this a fun sermon? That's the last verse we're looking at today. Everything, though, changes. Everything changes when you and I look under the sun, but then realize there is an over the sun. You see, everything is meaningless under the sun without the S-O-N, sun. 
We need those glasses. We need to be able to see from his perspective. And even though those things just keep going on and on, it does start to change the way we think. We, we can accept some of the rhythms of life that may even seem meaningless because we know there's something more. And you may say, wow, Dave's really been on this time and time again in the last few minutes. But, but I fear that when you and I leave this place, those of us who have wear the glasses of faith will very quickly take them off again. And those of us who have not seen in color don't get what we're necessarily missing. We see it in some other people's lives, but we don't get what we're missing. Again, look at the illustration of someone seeing color. I can put these on. It'll disrupt where it's supposed to be. It'll like correct. how we don't see it. It'll yeah. correct your eyes so that you'll see how it's supposed to see it. It's so clear, I can't You and I have the choice before us to see clearly. To see clearly. We don't have to see mud. We don't have to take the glasses off. Jeremiah writes this. He says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. How about, how about seeing the world, seeing your world, through those glasses where you see clearly. Not just seeing colors in a physical world, but seeing clearly. When you and I seek above the sun, instead of just live under the sun, everything changes. I like what Jesus says. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion. Some of us in this room are burned out on religion. We've heard all the good answers. We've seen people say they're living them and then not live them. We're jaded. We've seen all of that, and we're burned out on it. And Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you tired of just living under the sun, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you will recover your life. You'll start to see clearly. I'll show you how to take a real rest. You'll be able to do that trust fall and actually have God's arms catching you. We talked about that last week. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. How do you do that? You read those first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels that share how Jesus lived. Watch how I did it. Do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's pray. Father, 
I really like this book, and then I don't like this book. I like Solomon insight, and then it cuts me right to the heart. Because there are some times that I just want to live under the sun, not thinking above the sun. But then I find myself frustrated. We find ourselves frustrated. Life is meaningless. We find some of our labors, a lot of our labors, are, are fruitless in the long run. It's a spitting in the wind. It's a chasing after the wind. So, Father, I'm thankful for Solomon's journey. I'm thankful for his regret. Because everyone in this room still has breath in their lungs, and we don't have to live that way. We can put the glasses on. We can place our trust in you for the first time. We can acknowledge our need for a Savior. We can even right in our seats be praying, Lord, come into my life. You gave your life for me. You rose again. Now I choose to follow you. Then there are those of us who can dust off the glasses. Maybe it means using a little cleaner on the lenses and put them back in and start enjoying life, yes. The good times, the not-so-good times. We can live under the sun with an eye to above the sun because we're connected to the S-O-N sun. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. This time